This episode of Into the Wild is sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. It's January, it's now 2022, and many of us have new resolutions or hobbies to get us started for a more positive year, and many people have committed to connect with nature more regularly. One thing that helped me massively was using a top-notch pair of Leica binoculars. The Leica Ultravid HD binoculars are perfect for people with any range of experience in nature spotting. With their high-end optics, durability, and simply the fact that they're dead easy to use, these binoculars get you on your way to spotting wildlife without disturbing it and helping being able to identify things from afar. Not only is the kit brilliant, but Leica offer finance plans to fit you too. Meaning you can pay in bits rather than having to have the cash up front. Which let's face it, in January, it's what we all need. You can read more about Leica's range, pricing and support on their website, which is in the write-up of this episode. And now, on with the show. Well, a very good morning, good afternoon, good night, good evening, whenever you're listening to the podcast. Hello, basically, is what I'm saying. Hello, Nature Nerds. Welcome to another episode of Into the Wild. I'm your host, Ryan Dalton. As always, thanks for clicking play on the pod. I know it probably sounds like I'm going on about it, but it is just now, strangely, as I record this now, it's only days until I go to Namibia and hopefully I get that negative PCR test. So as you're listening to this... I am either flying or in Namibia or I'm crying in my flat (laughs) back in London because I got a positive test and we've had to rearrange everything. But let's hope for the first one, shall we? (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Into the Wild. Nerds, it's lovely to be chatting to you again. I hope January got off to a good start for you all. I hope it's not been too cold. But let's start with some positivity, shall we, before we go on with anything. It's the return of 60 Second Nature News. I hope that sounded as powerful as it did under the duvet here (laughs) right okay deep breath all new listeners if you've not heard of 60 second nature news before it's a segment where i read out four positive nature stories in about 60 seconds i usually fuck it up let's see if that's the case today deep breath let's go humpback whales have had strong numbers around the uk in the last two years Until recently, it was extremely rare to see them, but since 2019, there were almost more than 75 recorded sightings showing that populations are recovering after bans on commercial whaling were put in place. Puffins have returned to the Isle of Man for the first time in 30 years. A project called Bring Back the Puffin, I mean, why would you not support that, led by Manx Wildlife Trust, reached a milestone when a pair of puffins were spotted for the first time in three decades. Rats were eradicated from the island and the model puffins were used to encourage the birds to return. Good news everyone, sand lizards are back on Lancashire sand dunes. August 2021 saw the final release of sand lizards after Lancashire Wildlife Trust released over 400 hatchlings on the site since 2018. This is England's rarest lizard and it was lost in the 1960s due to habitat loss but recordings of spent eggshell and juveniles show that the lizards have been happily getting busy. And finally, rangers in the Gonazu National Park in Zimbabwe have spotted a newly born black rhino calf, the first to be born in the park in almost 30 years. And that's the end of 60 Second Nature News. I'm pretty sure that was 60 seconds. Right, there we go. That was the first 60 Second Nature News lot for 2022. I tell you what, it doesn't get easier, it gets harder, and I've got just as much of a headache as I did (laughs) before. But I do enjoy sharing the news with you. Right, on to today's episode. 
Today is a bit of a crossover episode because I am talking to good friend of mine, fellow podcaster and environmental science communicator, Emma Brisdian. Emma hosts an absolutely fantastic podcast and I say that with no jokes saying that it's not as good as Into the Wild. <laughs> it's a fantastic podcast called For What It's Earth Pod, a podcast that looks at sustainability within our lives, how we can make sure the things we're doing, things we're involved with, or even where our money's going is as green and environmentally friendly as possible. So what better topic for myself and Emma to talk about but sustainability itself. From her running the podcast to how to be more sustainable in the home and also how we feel about the environment. And I warn you now, towards the end of the episode, we do get a bit emotional about the climate crisis and the biodiversity crisis. But as it was said on Netflix's film, Don't Look Up, these chats don't always have to be positive. It can be but we still need to have these chats. However, saying that, I do feel like myself and Emma spun it round in the end to have a bit of a smile. So sit back, grab your cup of tea, get ready for sustainability in the house with Emma Brisdian. Emma Brisian and Ryan Dalton on the same podcast. What is this, a crossover episode? <laughs> wow, it's finally happened. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Welcome to Into the Wild. How are you? Thanks so much. I'm good, mate. It's it's really strange to be this side of of a podcast, but yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. It's um it's been a long time coming. Have you done many podcasts where you're the guest? Oh, only a couple. No, I'm 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 much more used to I don't know, like being being the one asking the questions, but hey, I'll try and give some good answers. Are you going to start asking me questions halfway through the show? Do you know what? Force of habit, I might. <laughs> Is that bad? You have asked that... me more questions before we press record. <laughs> Is that bad? Is that bad you. guest etiquette? Am I going to get told off? We might just go into like a black hole of asking each other questions and having no answers on the show. <laughs> oh, see, there was me thinking we were going to have like a nice dialogue, but sure, yeah, we can just. <laughs> Throw questions, fine. No, no, we're just gonna <laughs> bounce back questions like it's a rhetorical podcast. Oh, it's a disaster already. <laughs> um, did you have a nice Christmas and New Year? I'm asking that. We're recording this just after Christmas and New Year, but this will be out later in the month. But did you have a good one? I did, thanks. Yeah, it was um much like quite a lot of people's, you know, COVID kind of got in the way, changed a lot of plans. Um, but overall I managed to see pretty much everyone in various orders and I managed to build half an IKEA kitchen which if you haven't <laughs> tried it is it is just it's deceptively difficult uh, so I'm feeling I accomplished no, I, I would I wouldn't have even said that was deceptively difficult I would have just thought that was difficult did you do it have you finished the kitchen <laughs> no I haven't finished the kitchen that's because we're doing it all ourselves Ryan and so uh sl- mm. slowly slowly we're, we're getting on with it but um eventually you... I'll stop having to wash up in the bathtub and I'm very much looking forward to it <laughs> One day you would not use Radox instead of washing up the <laughs> God, could you imagine? Just in the shower, like, sounds a bit like fairy liquid. I've done that before. Really? Is that why your hair looks so luscious? <laughs> no, I have I ran out of dish soap, so used Radox years ago, but I did it. And oh, someone okay. told me you shouldn't do that because you can get sick. And I was like, can you? Oh, you can get and sick off of anything if you listen to all the rumours. I think that was my reply to the person. <laughs> Take the tinfoil hat off, mate. Um, but yeah, my Christmas was good. Uh, it was quite like we just had a nice, quiet Christmas day. Um, nice. We went for a nice walk on Hampstead Heath. I like going on Hampstead Heath on Christmas Day because it's fun to watch middle to upper class people in their new clothing get it muddy. 
Christmas Day. Yeah, of course. It's, it's the parade so of new. Yeah, you, you just know that by someone's front door, there's a pile of like tags that have been ripped off things as yeah, everyone's marched outside in their new shoes and coats. It's so much fun, and you hear, you just hear the most incredible children names being shouted across the heath on Christmas Day. Like you'll just hear from like you we were walking the dog and you'll just hear a woman go, Oh Claremont and you're like, that's ridiculous. Oh, that's not one I've heard before. Claremont. <laughs> so Wow. It's it's unbelievable. So that was very enjoyable. And then we uh, we had a pint on the way back and then we just had an absolute feast. Um shall we crack on with the show? Because I've got a feeling otherwise we will just have a catch up. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm already asking you questions. See? <laughs> Told you it would happen. Um, welcome to Into the Wild, Emma. Let's start where we always start. Can you start by telling us who you are and what is it you do? Arguably, I think this is going to be one of the hardest questions. It's so hard to talk about yourself, isn't it? Do you find that as a as a see? No, there I'm we go. Comedian. Already interviewing you, but oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I find it quite. I find it quite. So, I my name's Emma. I'm an environmental science communicator, um, and in amongst that, I produce and edit podcasts, which is how you and I have. Forged a, a friendship of podcasting. A lifelong friend. You gave me some very Nature handy buds. tips. Actually, you're probably the reason why the podcast sounds better now. Good. Yeah, that's a good point. Back in your early days, you were like, yeah. dude, how do you record? <laughs> yeah. And then you were like, like this. I was like, I don't Sit understand. Sit down, young one. To... I have some advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I replied, Emma, as if you're talking to a chimp, you have to really <laughs> kind of <laughs> dumb it down. Step by step, please. God, I forgot about that. Yeah, true. Well, yeah. good. I'm, listeners, you're welcome because it sounds lovely now. Also, it's lovely to have you on the show as a fellow podcaster because I don't have to give any intro before we press record. We were just like, right, you ready? Ready, let's go. Yeah, that is nice to be fair. I do like it when people come prepared with like microphones and you don't have to walk them through stuff. So yeah, you're so environmental or environmental uh, science communicator. You are a podcaster. So obviously the natural world means a lot to you. So what do you, what would you say you love most about the natural world? This is a really hard question, I think. Oh, there we go. That's my answer to all of them, clearly. Good question. So I think <laughs> what I love most about the natural world, because I, no, I was trying to work out how to best describe it, and it's not, it's not like my answer is just like, oh, I really like plants, you know. I think what I like most about the natural world is it just feels right to me, and it just feels like home, mm. and it can give you a sense of wonder, and it gives me a sense of place and self and understanding. And I get, I get quite like... I'm not great in big crowds and big urban environments and something about coming back to nature or a green space or even just like seeing a tree and just stopping and pausing. It's like just a big comfort blanket of, oh, this is how it's meant to be. This is right. That's quite poetic. Oh, thank you very much. My anthology will be out later in the year. <laughs> it won't. But saying like it's kind of, <laughs> by the way, it won't. Yeah, but saying it, it just feels right. I think that's I think that speaks to a lot of people that are in the industry or work with it as well. It's it's not it's something you barely think about why it just is. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And I think that's why I found that question hard to answer because it was not one thing, it was just it is. Yeah, I like that. What's your favorite part about it? Have you got like a bit like when I say favorite part, do you know what I mean? Is it an area of the natural world? Like you said plants then, but is there a part of it that oh, you really that's like? That's so tough. Honestly, I think it changes. Sometimes I get, I mean, you know me, I've been really obsessed with like vegetable gardening for the last couple of years, although some obsessed people might not right call that the, um, yeah. the, the natural world. Um, but, you know, for, for a long time, it was things like coral reefs that really captivated my attention. And then more recently, anything to do with kind of climate change, permafrost, soil and bogs. I'm really into those this year. Permafrost. The kind of the underdogs. Permafrost. Permafrost really blinking cool, you know. It's soil that's been frozen for two years, at least. And it stores a crazy amount of carbon. So like basically loads of kind of the earth space in the Arctic is 
nearly permanently frozen, hence permafrost. It doesn't thaw, which means it's just oh. like stored carbon. But because of, you know, climate change, it's starting to thaw, which means the microbes and stuff can start to do their thing, start metabolizing, start releasing all that carbon that's been stored. It's just a really interesting environment. So Wow, I didn't see I didn't even know that was a thing. So oh cool. Let's go to the Arctic, make a make a podcast about permafrost it's really cool like i know it's not i know it's not like tigers and lions and stuff i mean you're right there like the ground beneath our feet is just amazing yeah i mean you've also made it sound very easy to get to the arctic yeah you were like let's go yeah but like i'm not talking like the north pole arctic like i'm talking just northern sweden northern norway oh right northern russia so like the arctic circle is actually quite low if we're going let's go but there's no, you know I mean? there, <laughs> Ryan, there's no permafrost at the Arctic Arctic because there's no landmass. It's just ice. I'm such an idiot. But I mean, I'm still up for going. I'm t- totally up for going. Is there no landmass at all? Not under like the North Pole. Nah, there is an Antarctica. It's got a landmass under it, but no, like the, the North Pole, North Pole, the proper kind of high, high Arctic. There isn't a couple of islands. I could save myself here and say that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, sure. there we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to accept that's a reason not to go see permafrost. So let's talk about your podcast, which I'm a massive fan of. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. Thanks. You do have to say it, though. But I appreciate it. <laughs> I do it. have to say it. I wouldn't <laughs> say it's the best podcast in realms of mine and yours. Right. OK. <laughs> just going to. And we can leave some silence there. <laughs> I mean, we have differing opinions and that's absolutely fine. We do. And some are valid, some aren't. You know, some are done with research. Hang on. So is it, was this an ambush? Have you got me on your podcast to, to really break me down? Oh, of course it was. Of course Crumbs. it was. I thought we were mates. You know, I invited Lloyd as well, but he actually declined. Lloyd's just had a baby, so he Which can get out of anything yeah. he likes. <laughs> Um, so you're brilliant podcast, and it really is. Thank you very much. For what it's worth, I like for what it's earth. Oh, thank you very much. It's a good, it's so a good welcome. title, isn't it? I wish that I'd come it's up. with It's a brilliant title. Yeah. You, I mean, Lloyd's not here. Why are you? <laughs> it wasn't him either. Oh, no. oh, was it not? Who came up with the title? It was one of one of my best friends, Hannah. So I had the idea for the podcast and just couldn't think of a a, a good snappy name. And um, she works in advertising and just rolled off the tongue. And I was like, that that'll do for what it's a. That's what it says on the tin, I think. Yeah, I do agree, and it is a. It, I, I recommend it to a lot of people, especially people that are trying to understand more about sustainability from any level. I think it really speaks to a lot of people. So, um, it's all about all things sustainable and how we can ensure things in our lives um, are okay for the planet. <laughs> and I use the word okay because it's hard to mm. be perfect. So let's just make sure it's okay. What made you want to do a podcast on that kind of topic? You know what? I think it essentially stemmed from the fact that I realised I was having a lot of the same conversations with a lot of different people in my life who kind of knew me to be a bit environmentally minded and quite nature minded, knew I was interested in sustainability. So I'd be talking to like my friends about ocean plastics and then I'd go into work the next day and my colleagues would be asking me the same questions about ocean plastics. And then I'd go home and I'd see my family and they'd be talking about ocean plastics, things like that. And I've just always listened to podcasts and found them as a medium to be really quite interesting and quite exciting. And the fact that plebs like you and I can just buy a microphone (laughs) and put our voices on the internet. No, but really it's ungatekeepered. It's not like trying to become a writer in the times or something, is it? You can just be who you are and see if it works. That is very true. Yeah. So, So I had this idea to create a space where we could have normal conversations where we weren't like talked down to. It was just two friends that were interested in this kind of thing, not super experts, but like 
we're having these conversations as if we were in the pub together or as if we were just like having a coffee, learning together so that if anyone, you know, felt like listening, <laughs> they could also learn with us and come come away with some interesting kind of perspectives and tips and background knowledge on whatever it is, whatever topic we were looking at that week. So we look at a different topic every week and we kind of try and make it so that if you were to then read about it in the news or something, you'd you'd understand what was going on. Or if you were like heard people talking about, oh, I'm, you know, avoiding palm oil, you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I, I actually kind of know a bit about why people are avoiding palm oil and here's some ideas on on how to do that. So that's kind of it. It's the bringing climate and sustainability issues to anyone that's interested. You must have to do so much research. I mean, I think on, on a few episodes, you actually say like, Woof, this was a lot of research to understand when you did cryptocurrency, for example. Oh, that was you fun. Like, yeah, you were <laughs> that like, really, that really baffled I, me. Yeah, yeah. So, I does I that like not a, get so hard to do? It does. But do you know what? Arguably, those are the most fun ones because, because I didn't mm. know anything about it to start with. I could really go into it with my eyes like, what? You know, it was. I was like, oh, cryptocurrency, this has been in the news. We'll have a discussion about why it's potentially bad for the environment, raise awareness mm. as to what's going on. And, and if people are interested in cryptocurrency, what maybe they could do to be less part of this polluty world, you know. Um, but then it got to a point where I had to define cryptocurrency on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, no, that oh, was, no. I think it was my favourite bit of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, stop. It was, it was hard. How, how do you define this like digital currency that kind of both is and isn't valid and is fluid? It's really tricky. But those are quite fun. I mean... Science's gain is the Financial Times loss for you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> You're so woke. But the, like, what what are some of the... T- there must be some topics that you thought were going to be easy to research. And then when you got into it, you're like, this is a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. Oh, God, probably quite a lot of them. I think, do you know what? The ones that I find the most interesting, I do do the most research of. And sometimes I look at the clock and I'm like, Lloyd, we've been talking for like an hour and we need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I got my conscience. <laughs> like, although we might find it interesting... Maybe not everyone wants to understand the ins and outs of like the carbon cycle in bulks in the same way that I do. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We've done some weird, we did like space travel this year, which is a bit not relevant yeah. to the everyman, but it was quite fun to do. I think it was relevant to the everyman in regards to having an opinion on it, though. Yeah, it was very much in the news. Everyone was talking about it and we thought, hey, let's go topical. Uh, yeah, I don't remember many people not talking about it. Like most people were like going, I don't think I should like this. <laughs> like, I'm kind of angry about this. And I think yeah. all we basically did was say, yes, we are too. And that's a perfectly valid opinion to have. Stop buying things on Amazon. That was my advice, I think. Do you think the three people that went up into space, do you think they know how people actually feel about it? Yeah. I just don't think they care. I'm sure they're out of touch with the general everyday person. But at the same time, they're very intelligent. And I don't think that they, it can't have just passed them by that. Everyone thought they were a bit of an asshole for doing but that. I, I think they can be so ignorant that they're like, you reckon? people will just love this. I guess I guess if you're just told yes the whole time for your whole life. That's what maybe. I mean. Yeah. People will just bow to them. So I think sometimes people go like, oh, they'll love me. <laughs> Where really millions of people go, what, what the hell are you doing? Well, listen, when Richard Branson eventually comes on my podcast, um, I'll let you know. Yeah. Or dies in space. <laughs> um what have been some of your favourite topics you've... I mean, obviously, you must have spoken about Pete Boggs, or Box, which was clearly a passion of yours. They're really interesting. Ground, ground beneath our feet. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, actually, you like soil, don't you? If the Soil Association don't get me on as an ambassador in the next year, I've done something wrong. All right, now we're getting to the bottom of it. What's going on? 
<laughs> they do some great stuff. Yeah. Um, you just after a free oh. badge. <laughs> a badge? What's the point of a badge? I don't know. It's a starting point, though, isn't it? Hand me some compost and I'm there. Oh, I'm just really coming across as like a a ground nerd. Like I do like things that grow above the ground too, and I really like animals and wildlife. And like so, like this year, my summer holiday was um, in the Isle of Mull, and I know you went to Scotland recently as well. Yes, yeah. And just uh, just being surrounded by otters and seals and buzzards. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Didn't think about bogs once. You don't have to worry about on this show coming across as a nerd. That's a good point. I've got. I'm in good company with the people you get on. You've got some amazing people on your on your podcast. Yeah, yeah thank I you. I mean, I say that from the audience perspective. I'm judging you, but the audience will not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, one on one, seeing this whole friendship in a new light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, what have been some of your favourite topics on For What It's Earth that you've covered? Okay, well... That's me actually asking a question now. <laughs> beyond, beyond, okay, beyond all things soil-based, I... Do you know what? Actually, the one, the one that really stuck with me this year was uh, understanding more about what our money does because it's great fun to do, like, an episode on badgers or talk about HS2 or, like, butterflies and bees. But actually, one of the, like, underlying things of the podcast is to try and help people who are feeling really overwhelmed you know, this is coming from a very personal place here, but from who are feeling really overwhelmed with the states that we're being told the planet is in and the direction it's going in and whether we can do anything about it. And my personal opinion is that the responsibility we're constantly told is with individuals. And that really pisses me off because although there is definitely some level of responsibility for us to do the things that we can do, it is not all on our shoulders it's absurd and a lot of the weight of responsibility should be on the corporations and the systems that we live in but there are some things that we can do which have more impact than others so when people text me and say hey i did like loads of recycling this week but genuinely i get these texts i'm like well great good well done for like doing the recycling sure it's a good thing (laughs) but Please, please type sure. the next reply like that. Fine, yeah. Sure. But like, <laughs> Good. Okay. Well done, okay. Sharon. Brownie points to you, but that doesn't really fix anything. Whereas what I've learned a lot this year, when we've talked about, for example, I spoke to Make My Money Matter, who look at green pensions, was just just this understanding of like, you know, we we work so hard to make money for ourselves, right? And we put it in the bank, and we think, great, that's me set up for life or whatever. I've got I've got my pension and I've got my bank account. And those are my security blankets. But those banks, very often, if you're with like a traditional high street bank, are investing in fossil fuels and tobacco and all sorts of really crazy industries that are totally not aligned with your values. So like, sure, you could be recycling. Sure, you could be trying your best to have a really low carbon footprint. What you're doing with your savings can completely undermine all of the good stuff you're doing. So that's really opened my eyes this year. So my advice to kind of anyone, and that was why it's one of my favourite episodes, is like one of the best things you can do is very quickly just change your banking to a green bank and change your pension to a green pension. It's such a good idea. And do you know what? Strangely, when I went back to Christina's parents this Christmas, her mum told us about a bank. I can't remember the name. I need to find it. We watched a video, like a promo video about the bank that was a green ethical, that only invests its money into ethical projects that to do with climate change, the environment, communities. And the first thing I did in the new year was like, as soon as I'm back from my project in January, I am calling that bank and I'm having a chat with them to say, this is what I currently have with my banks that I use. What can you give me? 
and I, I'm going to just move because I was like, it's such... It's so easy. I did that exact same thing. It must be, in well, the case of just calling up. Or you can just do it online. I don't think I spoke to a single human being, such is the world that we live in. Yeah, I just opened a new account with them, Triodos, and they're becoming a really big, reliable, sustainable bank or mm, bank that okay. only invests in, like you said, sustainability and energy projects. It's really cool. But it's great because it's one of those things, like, I hate all the paperwork of that stuff, but once it's done, it's done. And it just keeps being good. Exactly. It's the same with energy supplies as well, though, because you talk to people and you go, you know, change your energy supply. And they're like, oh, and you're like, you are aware that can be as simple as just calling a new one and getting that set up. Like, it's so quick. Or just going on you switch. Yeah, yeah. Done. <laughs> you don't even have to speak to anyone, Ryan. Yeah. It's wonderful. No, I completely, I completely echo that. Like, that's the one thing I've been harping on about for the last couple of years, get people to change their renewable energy supply. It's slightly difficult at the moment with the whole energy prices yeah. fiasco. I'm I'm leaning away from telling people to make those decisions at the moment if they're, you know, in a bit of a tricky situation. Or what is it? Actually, maybe you can explain that because that's something I always used to say to people is like one of the best things you can do is change your energy supplier. And then people saying they're all closing down. I mean, you may know more about this. They're not all closing I mean, down. I mean, yeah. a couple of closed. sorry, yeah, disclaimer. They're not all closing <laughs> down. I think some of the smaller ones kind of um, started to close. But what what was that? Was that just about competitive prices? Yeah, pretty much. I don't know a huge amount of depth about it. I think prices went up and I think the regulator that controls how much they can charge customers removed some of the caps or at least they moved the caps higher so that essentially people can be charged a whole amount more. I don't know. There's probably something to do with supply and demand. This is really scraping the barrel at my knowledge here. But yeah, a couple <laughs> of the smaller energy companies folded. But I mean, one of the, so one of them, Bulb, was a renewable energy supplier and all of their customers got taken on by Octopus, which is a renewable energy supplier. So the nice thing about that story is that renewable energy customers could remain within a supplier that they would be happy with. Yeah. So for, for What is Earth, what's coming up next? What have you and Lloyd got planned for the show? Well, I mean, more chatting nonsense. We're always <laughs> up for taking suggestions if people want to pitch some ideas for us. Um, we've kind of recorded a bit of a backlog. I know you and I, when we were chatting earlier, you said you're kind of in the process of recording a backlog yeah. to buy you some time while you go to Africa and do your really awesome trip. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd's just had a baby. So we've been doing the same thing. We've um, recorded a couple with him before he's now gone off on his podternity leave. And I've got a couple, yeah, in the bag ready to go. And then it's going to be me talking to guests without Lloyd for a little bit until whatever time as he's ready to pick up the microphone so yeah a little i mean perhaps some some small changes in 2020 what year are we now 2022 <laughs> lord it's been um, a rough two years yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all blurred into one hasn't it it's all blurred into one but yeah for the most part i mean for what it's earth's just still going to be a nice celebration of green news mm. and celebrating people doing good things where they can nice well i look forward to many more exciting episodes thanks very much and also, this is a good time for my podcast and yours to say, if you do listen to For What Is Earth, you can review on Spotify now. Can you? Yes, Great. people can review. So if you listen to Into the Wild on Spotify or For What Is Earth, no other podcast do this for, just these two, go and give it a review. Yeah, bash out some five stars, guys. Five stars only. Don't, don't go in with four. Who gives? F just don't bother. <laughs> we, we had a review the other day that said we were really cringe. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and I was like, why are you bothering? <laughs> Come on. I don't get much like that. I usually get comments, I guess, because of the, some of the topics we cover. Yeah, let's let's get into this. Po podcast at a podcast. What, what's, what sort of stuff do you get then? Because you go a bit more controversial than I do. I feel as though, and correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> you really like getting into like a deep topic yeah. uh, with whoever you're speaking to. And if there's like a controversial topic, mm. you love to really unpack that. And I think that's brilliant. 
but probably opens you up maybe to more shoutiness. Yeah, because the reason why I like doing it is because I like to challenge my brain. So I would like to talk mm. to someone that I disagree with because I know I'm going to learn. Like it's easy to talk yeah. to someone that you are on the same wavelength as and that you yeah. might, but I also like. But then saying that when I do talk to my friends that we do have the same opinions, I like to say, let's talk about something we disagree on because it's just interesting. It's 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 uh, fun to see how what you learn from someone else. But yeah, I do like doing those on the show. Also, I I do it because it's not done enough. They're not discussed mm. properly enough. There's many, if we talk about, you know, bird crime in this country is not spoken about, in my opinion, in the right way. It's spoken about two sides separately having their own little chats, which is grand. I get a lot of, I get called biased a lot. Which I, do you? Yeah, which I think is, I, I, the podcast. This is a biased podcast because you've spoken about this and you've only spoken to that person. You're like, what? Hold the phone, bruv. We've only done one episode on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't <laughs> yeah. talk to everyone involved with one subject on one episode because that's called a forum, mm. and I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I get that a lot. I get challenged a lot. Especially where trophy hunting, I think, is very easy for people to be challenged mm. on. So yeah, I get that a lot. Only when we release an episode, though. The Badger oh, really? one... Really, does it die down after? Do you know what? I got more for talking about bovine TB than I did about really? trophy hunting, yeah. I'm, I'm almost surprised. I don't know if I am surprised, actually. I think it's because of the... F- it, it, I, think, I think bovine TB hits a lot closer to home if you've got a big yeah. proportion of UK listeners. You've got a lot of people that obviously are in wildlife and welfare uh, side of things, and you've also got a lot of farmers, and these people do mm. cross over on social media. So there, there was a lot mm. of that, a lot of that. That went on for a long time. Yeah, that's kind of already primed and ready. You just yeah. kind of need to waft that general direction yeah. of conversation, and um, people are ready to pounce with comments. We're doing one episode actually coming up about dogs and wildlife, which will be fun. Ooh, that's what you came to talk on my podcast about. Exactly, and I'm getting a dog yes. trainer. And a vet and conservationist on, so it's we're going to have kind of a two cool. aspect of it. So how to walk your dog without letting it off lead, which sounds basic, mm. but so that I think that will be a good good conversation, which might ruffle some collars, no pun intended. Oh, nice, like, <laughs> nice. So what what are, what are your favourite things that you've learned this year then? Because you've had some amazing conversations too. What's like stuck out for you? Do you know what? I really enjoyed our Into the Foliage episode with Nicole Spence, who is the Chief Plant Health Advisor for the UK. Myself and Jan spoke to her about plant health and the importance of it and how it works in the UK. And it was so interesting to hear about diseases that are stopped every single year by people, by a huge team of people that prevent this stuff getting into, into the wild plants and fungi and all stuff like it was just incredibly interesting an area that you think like oh, might be quite simple but then when you talk to someone you're like i'm never going to claim i'm busy again um so that was <laughs> <laughs> that was really good fun so with um one of my clients i work with we do a lot of like invasive species work kind of the whole world of looking at plant biosecurity and health and the way that disease can travel through a landscape beyond animals is really interesting You've obviously learned a lot in your time running for what is earth about sustainability. Mainly, I guess it kind of started with like the things within the house because it was for people to relate to. So what are some of your best tips or area, easy areas of focus for being sustainable within the home? Within the home. Okay. Well, we've covered my two, the two that I hammer home the most being think about your money and your energy provider. But I do think the best thing that anyone can do is just to start. Because the moment you start trying to make sustainable swaps, 
you see how many things can be changed. And I, I also think it's really important not to try and be perfect because it's so hard. And a lot of people really berate themselves for, you know, one day buying, I don't know, milk in plastic or something and or, or not, not being able to go to a refill shop locally um, and, you know, get your squirty shampoo instead of going to Tesco and buying it in a plastic bottle, that kind of stuff. I think I think you can really get like lost in the chaos and the guilt of it all. So honest, honestly, my advice is just to start. I mean, if you were going to try eat less meat, which has been lauded quite often in the last couple of years, is one of the best things you can do to reduce your carbon footprint. Eat less meat. You know, just start simple by start by having a couple of days a week where you don't eat meat, and then try new recipes and things. Don't go whole hog straight away because you're less likely to form habits that stick. Because I think it is all about sustainable habits that stick as opposed to big massive changes yeah i, I agree because in, in the home it's so hard yeah it is and i think again i think for stuff in the home i mean i don't know what your opinion is on this but i think it's also just getting yourself in that mindset like the things you do do have an impact but a lot of the things might be a small impact but it just gets you in that mindset of questioning stuff or yeah. saying what can i be doing so when you are in a supermarket or even when it comes down to what supermarket you decide to shop in whether it's a local or a independent or it you know what i mean it's, mm, it's all mm. these things that it just gets you in that right mindset i don't know i guess be more green in your everyday life you'll yeah you'll start seeing so many different things i'm gonna ask you a question that you ask on your podcast now so i hope you got an answer ready you asked me this when i was on your episode so i'm asking you it's time emma <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, desperately trying to think of something. To name one good thing you've done for the planet this week. It's Wednesday as we record. <laughs> it is a Wednesday. What one good thing have I done for the planet this week? I have... Oh, do you know what? I had a whole list of them in my mind before we started. I've completely forgotten. I have composted and recycled a huge amount of cardboard from my IKEA kitchen. That is not the one that I came into the episode ready to say. <laughs> I've completely, I've completely forgotten what it was. I did have a better one, but I feel like that's a good thing. Home composting is 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 quite a useful thing to do if you're able to and if you've got the space. I'm gonna go with that one. If it, listen, if the other one pops up, just shout it later in the episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just jump straight in, no matter what we're talking about. Yeah, um, like some sort yeah, of that's, like that's green, one of the one good things I've done this like week. Green eco Tourette. Just shout it out when it comes into your head. Yeah, and just do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's a good thing. That's good, especially when it's IKEA. So it's cardboard that comes. You know, a lot of people use IKEA. A lot of people might have yeah compost in space. That's good. Well done. I feel like that's really let me down. I should have come up with a better one. No, but do you know what? It's really hard when you try and do it every week to come up with a new thing. Okay, all right. What's what's yours? What's yours? What's your one good thing that you've done this week, Ryan? Okay, I have acting like you haven't thought about it. Sure. Okay, so I have. I refilled my bottles. The shop was open, so I went down and refilled. Oh, I also refilled our spaghetti, our pasta, our, our rice, our oats, which needed doing. So nice. I did quite a big refill shop. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what it was going to be. I've Go got on. an allotment. I'm really excited to do more home growing, but I, this week I got the allotment. In that case, yeah, that's mine for me. <laughs> that's then. way better than my IKEA compost <laughs> But, uh, but that was why I wanted to, that's why I was like, oh, I need to remember that because you've just got your own allotment space. Yes. Um, so I was like, yes, allotment buds. There so we, we can go. move forward this year in terms of like growing loads of our own stuff locally, native, you know. Yeah, exactly. Really, really low carbon food. Clean, low carbon food for ourselves. And Wildlife friendly. Yeah. Yeah, done. There we go. That's the one good thing we've done this week. Got a few. Right. Are you ready for the next question? <laughs> Probably not, but go for it. <laughs> Um, okay, right, you ready? Here we go. Oscar, can you play some game show music to get us in the mood? 
There we go. Right. We're going to have a competition. What is the oh, most no. green, eco, <laughs> stereotype, hippie, hempy, meditating in a meadow thing you've ever done? I have meditated in a meadow. <laughs> oh, right. Um. <laughs> I've been the actual stereotype, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've got issues with this stereotype, so we'll leave that for another podcast. Of um, course. Okay, so when you said, what's the most eco thing you've done, when you emailed me and said, this is something I'm going to ask you, my mind went to, I haven't flown for a couple of years, and that's quite a big chunk of the carbon footprint coming down. But now you're phrasing it as like, what's the most kind of like, bizarre but also stereotypical thing you've ever done because what i quite often do is say like what's the most vegan thing i've ever done Um, what is the most vegan thing you've ever done i've cut out eating uh meat replacements as much as i can like sometimes you want a sandwich with something in that tastes like ham i'm sorry that's just who i am this week so far i've made kind of made my own sausages i just they weren't quite veggie uh plant-based sausage skin to put the innards in. Oh, can you? Yeah, right. I found that and I'm going to order that. But I also then made my own veggie meatballs and also made a equivalent to a corned beef hash pie, but oh, made cool. something with like mushed red kidney beans and lentils and onion and mixed it with mashed potato. So my that's probably the most vegan-y, planet-y thing I've done because vegan alternatives come in so much plastic, unrecyclable, mm, and they quite often not produced true. in this country. So I was mm. kind of like, do I want to be eating that? And also, I want to start knowing where my food comes from a bit more. So, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I've tried to... I mean, it's been this week. Have I been successful? Yes, I've done it. Has the food been good? That's not for me to judge. <laughs> have you Have you always been vegan? Or was becoming vegan uh, the choice that's been made of recently? No, I've been vegan for a while. But do you know what? As... <sighs> I would say as I've done this podcast, I've been realising, and I think especially because the last two, this might sound a bit deep now, and I've had a glass of red wine. Um, I think because the last two years have been so challenging, I think what screams at me is I want to give myself a life that I love and I really like food. And when I first went vegan, it, it was because of an environmental impact. It wasn't I mean, obviously animal welfare comes into it, but especially from an industrial point of view, but that was kind of like a secondary reason. And the more I've done this podcast, the more I've learned about, actually, I I wouldn't eat meat or fish. I don't think I'd ever eat that. But some dairy products, such as locally sourced free-range organic eggs and some cheese types can be okay for the planet. They just can be. Yeah, not on an industrial Mm. level and not something that you're eating all the time. But as an occasional treat to indulge and enjoy yourself, why not? Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm going yeah. more down the plant-based route. I don't know. Maybe I am doing that. But it is something I'm starting to question a bit more because especially when I was looking at the alternatives from a vegan point of view, it's like it's just so bad for the planet. I can't justify it really. Yeah, it's one of the really interesting points. I do I do like talking about that. I do like thinking about that. You know, if someone swears blind that they're only ever going to eat plants and it's because of the environment, but yet they're shipping in seven avocados a week from Brazil where there's wars about water and they've got the ridiculous carbon footprint. And I'm sat there having my monthly bacon sandwich from the farm down the road who I know are regenerative farmers. I, I appreciate there's many levels to things, but the idea of thinking about where our food comes from is so important to look beyond the black and white of, is it meat or is it a vegetable? I think that's the point where we, we get stuck on quite a lot with things like this, where we talk about what is the right and what is the welfare issue here? Do we think that yeah, that's true. eating yeah. meat is a 
animal right is- issue or do we believe it's a welfare issue? Because when mm. you, like you said about some of the, where our fruits and veg come from, that's a huge welfare issue, not only for the natural world, but also for a local community or a population mm. point of view. So it's kind of like, how does that cross over and how do we, I guess not justify it to ourselves, but how do we deal with that in our own brains? Because that's the stuff I have problems with where I'm like, yeah. I try to, and it can be hard in London because farm shops are expensive in this city. <laughs> they're expensive everywhere. Are they? Because some people tell me they're not. Some people tell me they are. I mean, like my local greengrocers isn't too expensive, but my local farm shop is markedly more expensive than the rest of um, the city I live in. Yeah, local stuff in London can be affordable, but I think a lot of the time, because it's associated with a certain class and lifestyle, it's just outpriced a lot of people. But um, it, 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 I think shopping locally and seasonally is one of the best things you can do, no matter what you're eating. No matter what you're eating, we've just lo- we've lost our connection to the to the seasons and to the land as as a community. So even just talking to people about eating seasonally is is a step in the right direction because the fact that we're eating like raspberries and strawberries in december i mean bonkers. the rule is if it comes in plastic it's probably out of season yeah surely that's <laughs> probably such... traveled it's traveled it probably has a passport yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i know more vegetables with passports than people <laughs> cop 26 warmest christmas on record don't look up freaked everyone out are you confident for the climate crisis to be stable or stabilised within the next 10, 15, 20 years? Honestly, it depends what day you ask me this. My answer varies immensely because there is a lot of atrocious news and there's a lot of very distressing climate science. And there are a lot of people that I respect immensely telling us that things are going in an awful direction. But in amongst that, there are also amazing pockets of hope. And it depends how close I've been to a pocket of hope as to whether I've absorbed that or whether I'm sat in my little kind of nest of climate anxiety, to be honest. I would really, really like to believe that we can mitigate the climate crisis and I do believe that we've got the tools to do so. They are in existence. It's whether we actually use them on a big enough scale and whether, you know, I think that, that solutions are becoming more and more available and intricate and interesting but it's whether enough of the planet and whether enough of the money and power on the planet puts a value whether that's a personal value or an economic value on saving the planet yeah i just don't know i really just don't know do you know what i watched a film the other day called the big short i'd never seen before and it kind of i don't know if i was just in a low mood with the planet but it kind of also spoke to me about how people treat the planet you don't want to think people are that much of to do what they're doing. And you yeah. want to believe that it will all come crumbling down on them. At the end of the day, it won't. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but they also said that about the bankers. And they also said that about, I mean, obviously that's a very different system, but I'm saying for maybe enough people see sense and the people in power currently that are not doing what they should be doing will not be in power. I mean, that's probably our best hope yeah. for this country. Yeah, and but also we're we're also as a country still a very small part of. Uh, like, yes, we've got leading industries, so the I think the role that the UK has to play in the climate crisis is helping with kind of science and innovation, and and not so much in the if absolutely everybody in the UK like stopped using plastics, it's still sort of a drop in the ocean compared to. There's still so many other countries, yeah, so yeah. Ma- so many other massive populations. Do you know what I mean? So this is. 
a conversation I have with my grandfather quite often. Where he's like, well, why should I bother when there's, you yeah, know, yeah. billions of people, insert country here, doing X, Y, Z? I'm like, well, for me, it also kind of comes down to like, are you going to sleep at night? I just get so stressed about it, even though I don't think that my actions independently are going to save the planet in any way. I can't not. I can't not try because I'll just wallow in that climate grief. And like you said, that feeling that actually there are huge components of power and wealth and money elsewhere that will probably be absolutely fine and also probably don't give a about what direction we're going because they know they'll be fine. But I can't I can't sit and wallow on that too much because I just get myself into too much of a hole. I try not to wallow as much as I can for obvious reasons, but also because I'm, I agree with what you said, but I also think to give yourself credit and everyone else listening now that goes you know, all the things I'm doing or whether it's just talking to people or, or reading or changing lifestyle habits. If you didn't do that, you'll be surprised how many other people wouldn't do it as well. Like my brother's cut down on so much stuff purely because I have. I never told him to do it. He's just seen me do it. I have mm. friends message me like you have friends telling you they've recycled. I have friends what asking a legacy. me. What a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people <laughs> climb Everest, Emma. Um <laughs> But you'll be surprised if you didn't do the things you did, how much of a domino effect would stop and then it wouldn't get passed on. You are that person in people's lives that it's almost like a cog ticking around. And then when they do it, they have 10 people in their life that will then come to them. And it is minute, but then the more people we have that, and the more that is celebrated, I think, in not just on social media, but in the media... And that is a massive, as I think it's probably been over-communicated, but it's a massive issue with a lot of problems in the world where the media's take on it. Um, but until that starts getting pushed daily, I think that's the next big challenge, I think. Yeah, thank well, thanks for saying that. And I, I, I quite like that way of looking at things. I have at times, that has been my prevailing opinion. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of where you catch me on the ebbs and flows. But no, you, you are right. I think there is a lot of power in individuals who are passionate um, and, and, and community, you know, like you said, um, just, just talking about things and spreading awareness and spreading understanding and not fake news. I think we as a country need to listen to other countries that are not Western. Yes. Uh, well, if anything came from COP this year, it was more increased understanding of the fact that we need to be paying much more attention to and involving Indigenous communities and other forms of wisdom and, and other nations that are arguably having a rougher time of it than we ever will whether whether you know we're certainly not there yet but i'm glad that like mainstream media and decision makers have started to pay more attention to that fact it's not all about the west i also think within you know country specific as well i think there's conversations in this country that should not even countries like systems in this country that should be going down back to local communities you know if you look at like you said farming you know your food production yeah yeah i'm not you know i'm not going to open that door of like saying anything about farmers if there's any farmers listening thumbs up hello hello (laughs) but i do think some system change and stuff like that could be incredible and there's people out there that are doing it that just Mm. are not celebrated and or spoken to enough so i think it goes for every country every country's got their pockets of communities that have such strength and knowing their land that need to be utilized more i think that's the biggest step forward how do we spin this towards the end of the episode i've got one more question <laughs> what's what's your last I knew, question? I knew this podcast. It was impossible. This episode, the topic is so hard to talk about, and it's and it's huge. But I guess that's what Don't Look Up said. Like you know what? That's what Don't Look Up was saying. It doesn't have to be fun. Yeah, that was that was. We got to the end of that, and um, 
my partner was like, wow. And I was like, did you notice that was a, like a metaphor for climate change? And he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was about an asteroid. And then, but the moment I said it, he was like, oh my God, that was really well, like, but that's only because I look through everything through the lens of climate change. Yeah. Okay. Whereas he was just like, oh, cool. Leonardo DiCaprio's done like an apocalypse movie. Great. Oh, and then, but so I, I'd, I still don't know how I feel about Don't Look Up. I initially really enjoyed it. And I think that it was, I mean, the whole, for God's sake, why don't we listen to scientists thing? It's always great to have that shouted about on Netflix. I definitely watch it. And I do think it's a very American response to the climate crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Is let's make a film. <laughs> let's, let's make a film because we're Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, they even made that joke within their own film. Yeah. I think it's nice for scientists to feel heard, and I say that not as a scientist, <laughs> but it you know that's probably nice. I think if you're not in that industry, it might not be relatable, and therefore the point of it may be missed, as you just pointed out. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, <laughs> I think people, are, I think people are getting tired about hearing about it. That's my biggest fear in the next couple of years that people are getting so tired about hearing about it that we'll all just end up not acting. Yeah, because it's it's cool, it's cool right now. In in if we're talking about like media cycles. Yeah, I know. The environment is a hot topic. But then if people... Then you, no one could ever use that as an excuse. Like, if, if you didn't do anything about it, and then was like, I'm just fed up with hearing about it, it's like, well, change. <laughs> <laughs> good point. That's like yeah, saying, I'm point. fed up with my house being on fire. You could put it out. Well, I'm busy. <laughs> nah, stuff to do. I'm, you know, I'm at yeah, work. Like, I can't call them now. But it's annoying yeah, me. You fine. know, it's like, do something about it. Vote <laughs> differently. <laughs> change yeah. your bank and pension. <laughs> Come on. We can do it, people. <laughs> um, you've given a plethora of advice on this episode. But my last question, I have to keep the same to everyone. If you could give one bit of advice onto everyone on the planet regarding the natural world, what would you say? Oh, just get out into it. Just, just, get, just get out. I'm not, I'm not, just go get out into it. I'm not even going to sit here and be like, these are all the things you could do because you can listen to my podcast, you can listen to your podcast, Ryan. Not necessarily in that order. But maybe. Maybe this one first, then that <laughs> no. one. Yeah, sure. Um, but I do I do honestly think just the best thing is to get out into it and enjoy it and embrace it. Mm. It's good for you to enjoy it and to connect with nature. And at the end of the day, it's also good for nature when the more people that connect with it care about it and will do things to protect it and restore it. And that's probably like teaching your listeners to suck eggs because I'm quite convinced they probably already do spend most of their time out in nature but I, I, I do think that's my prevailing advice go outside and learn something new or just watch something new you don't even have to learn what it is just watch it behave and connect with it um, and I think that can be really powerful for our mental health particularly in these really grim grey months when we're all a bit bored and depressed and sad because it's dark I also like to think every episode I do there's at least one new listener that's a real Jeremy Clarkson like that gets <laughs> spun round and goes, actually, yeah, I'm going to go hug a tree. I, re- I, that's, I think that's why I keep doing the episode. Clarkson, if you're listening, go and hug go, a tree. I mean, you opened a farm and you've closed it again, but go. <laughs> it was a great... Has he ad- closed it? It was in the news he closed it, yeah, but at least he got an Amazon series out of it. Oh, yeah, well... Hmm. As long as the mortgage was paid. <laughs> I don't know if that man has mortgages, does he? He's probably doing quite well off the top gear money. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think if he could change his bank to Triados, that would be something. I think that's what we need. That's isn't what we it? need we to do. All... Can we petition Clarkson to shuffle to a green bank? That's a good point. Is it worth me changing banks if I'm just going to have an overdraft with a different bank company? 
yes, it's still worth you changing okay, banks. Okay, cool. Thank you. That's confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Okay. Well, yeah, we could do it. We could. What's do your it. What's your advice then? Do you have a piece of advice for everyone, or do you have to do that every week so you've run out of advice? Oh. No, no one's actually ever spun it round. Oh, it's because you've got podcast host here. It's because I'm uncomfortable being interviewed. <laughs> I'm, I'm way better asking. Listeners can't see Emma's face throughout this entire episode. It's just I'm been like, squirting. I don't know. I don't have the info. Yeah. I haven't done any research. Um, my advice is similar to yours is go out and enjoy it. And and read, learn about it. Don't be like worried about learning about the outside world. Like if you want to do something, if you want to plant wildflower in your garden, if you want to go on a ecotourism trip or something like that research and read and learn about it don't just think it's as easy as clicking your fingers and doing the right thing because it, mm. it is a complex world you know fixing biodiversity is not as easy as buying a 199 wildflower bomb from your local garden center that it, it can't be that easy so just make don't be worried or daunted at the thought of doing some research about it and reading or ask people that might know that would be my advice. Yeah, ask people. We, I mean, we live in a world where there's so much information at our fingertips yeah. and there are so many amazing people that are accessible online to talk to. Mm. Yeah, and just 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 read, just learn. Don't be daunted by it. Don't be afraid. And don't be afraid. I Stand by. Don't be afraid about not knowing the answer or getting it wrong. Believe me, mm. as someone that gets it wrong all the f- time. <laughs> Expert over here. Yeah, all right, mate. Um, <laughs> oh, I meant, meant myself. Oh, uh... sure. It's funny because you pointed at this direction. <laughs> Um, I'm going to shout about your social medias, but do you want to let people know where they can listen to your fantastic podcast? If they have time um, after listening to Into the Wild. Yeah, no, once you've scrolled through Ryan's entire back catalogue, and I, I, in fact, I demand that you do so before you even <laughs> consider typing for what it's earth podcast into your favourite podcast platform. Um, I think we're on pretty much all the, all the major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever else it gets sent, Amazon, those kind of good things. Yeah, for what it's earth, everywhere that you get your podcast, for what it's earth podcast, for anything, environment, climate change, nature, nature, sustainability, and often a little bit of silliness, and sometimes some useful advice if we can oh, no, bring that out of a topic. More often than not, honestly, I think you're being very modest. That is, it is. Uh, I really enjoy listening to it. I look forward to new episodes and. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great way to start to learn how to question everything in your daily life. Thanks, mate. You're very welcome, Emma. Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, it's been an absolute treat. It's been great. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I look forward to the listeners don't know this yet, but I look forward to receiving the beetroot seeds you were sending me in the post. Yes, for your allotment, my organically grown beetroot seeds. Yes, let me write let me write that down so I actually do it. You sent me some wildflower seeds last year and everything, so it's a great swap. It's a great swap. It's a great swap. Um, thanks so much, mate. All the best with the new year and the solo hosting for a little while without Lloyd. Um, can't we'll wait. watch the listeners drop off. <laughs> we'll say goodbye to the Lloyd fans for a few months. <laughs> oh, we're going to miss him. He's fab. Yeah. No, th- th- thanks very much, mate. Good luck in Africa with your amazing trip. Oh, my God. Thank, thank you. Um, Christina got me Factor 50 today, so I'm all set. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Take care and all the best, mate. Thanks again for listening, Nature Nerds. If you'd like to keep up to date with the projects and work Emma is working on, then you can do so on social media. Her tags are in the write-up of this episode, as are the tags for her podcast, For What Is Earth. Also, you can follow us on social media at Into The Wild Pod on Twitter and Into The Wild Podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to get in touch about Into The Wild or ask any questions or suggest any ideas for some episodes, you can email me at intothewildpod at gmail.com. 
If you would like a shout out on the show or to be put into a draw to win a free Into the Wild podcast mug, yes please, then all you have to do is review the show on iTunes or Spotify or both and send me a screen grab, take part in our weekly nature highlight share every Sunday on Instagram, or you can tip Into the Wild via our Ko-fi link in the write-up of this episode. Of course, you can do all three of those things and increase your chance of winning the monthly mug. A quick note to say that all the opinions and expressions expressed in today's episode belong to the person that said them and do not represent those opinions held by Into the Wild or anyone that we work with or are affiliated with. Until next time, keep well, stay safe and live the good life.